Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? That's a haunting question. past several months, we've seen the major themes of the book of Acts coming through, one of them being uh, the work of the Holy Spirit, founding the church, strengthening the church, teaching the church. Um, the other great theme has been the advance of the gospel across man-made barriers, uh, starting in Jerusalem, penetrating into Judea, crossing over into Samaria, and finally uh, hitting the Gentile world, the uttermost ends of the earth. And so, we've, we've seen these two great themes over and over again. One of the themes that we haven't been pointing out, but I think it will uh, be apparent to you if you've been with us uh, at all, is the great theme of prayer in the life of the early church. Um, I remind you that immediately after the ascension of Christ, he went up into heaven, the disciples, they went to the upper room, we think in the house of, of Mary, John Mark's mother, but they went into this, uh, this room and they were together and it says they were praying together with one accord. That was the strength of it. And then after that first Pentecost sermon when thousands were added to the church by the grace of God and the mighty movement of the Holy Spirit, uh, in summarizing that, it says, among other things, that all the people were together and praying with one accord. They were deeply in prayer together. Um, Just very quickly, when um, there was a problem with the Hellenic Jews and the uh, and the, uh, the the Hebraic Jews, uh, and they they needed uh, some deacons to take care of the problem. You'll remember what the apostles said. They said, "Look, it's not right for us to ignore two things: prayer and the ministry of the word." In other words, prayer was just that significant that they, that they said we need to to enlist other leaders so that we can have time for prayer. And as you noticed in our passage of Scripture this morning, prayer plays a central role. When Peter is thrown into prison, um, the first comment on that in the Scripture is actually in verse 5, where it says the church was earnestly praying for Peter to God. And so, prayer is this vital sort of component of what we're looking at in the life of the church. So, this morning, I want for us to look at the subject of prayer and think about prayer. Now, let me uh, just reassure you, this isn't one of those guilt sermons. I don't think it's a guilt sermon, at least. Uh, I can do guilt sermons, if you like. You know, it, it would go something like this, you need to pray more, and you need to pray harder, and you need to pray more effectively. You need to pray in the Spirit. You need to pray in power. You need to pray in faith. You need to pray over little things. You need to pray over big things. You need to pray so the world knows you're praying, and you need to pray in secret. You know, if I had a poem right now, I'd have a whole sermon just right there. But I know you pray. I know you pray. You know, even if you're, you're visiting with us today and, and, uh, and I haven't met you, I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you, you pray. There's a 90% chance that you pray because uh, those who count such things uh, tell us that 90% of Americans say that they pray on a regular basis. 55% of Americans say they pray every day. 
which is the same number of people who commute in to work. So that, that's sort of a, a, a correlation. So my, my goal here isn't, though, to just give some great exposition of prayer, can do, uh, but uh, it, it is rather to remind you of the beauty of prayer in just one aspect of it. And, and just think about this one thing about prayer. Prayer is how we are connected to the glory of God. Prayer is what connects us to the glory of God. God is always glorious. Doesn't matter whether you pray or not. Doesn't matter whether I pray. God is always glorious, always worthy of all adoration and praise. So the glory of God is not in question. Whether or not God is acting gloriously and being glorious is not in question because that is his nature, so always God is glorious. But it's through prayer that we are connected to the glory of God. You see, you were created for the glory of God, and I can share this with you you will glorify God. No matter what you do with your life, ultimately God will receive the glory. Now, it may not be so hot if you live in, well, it will be hot if you live in rebellion against God. Um, <laughs> thank you for laughing, Debbie. She has to go home with me. <laughs> I don't know, that just suddenly struck me as funny. But, uh, the, but the deal is uh, that Paul says in Romans, he says, uh, what if God creates some really nice vessels for his household, some really nice vases and dishes and, and, and water pitchers and things like that. And he's got these really lovely water pitchers and, and all this fine uh, work, and he creates those for his glory. He says, but what if God decides he's going to make some really ugly stuff? Make it out of Tupperwares. No, I'm sorry. Does anybody sell Tupperware? Um, okay. But, but uh, anyway, but he, he makes stuff that just isn't that that beautiful? He says, what if God makes some really ugly vessels in order to show that he can make the really great vessels and that he is justified in taking these vessels that are not worthy of his household and sending them to wrath? And these vessels are wrath, Paul says in Romans 9, he says, they are vessels for God's glory. So somehow you're going to glorify God. Whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, ultimately God will be glorified. But it's in prayer that we are connected to the glory of God. See, it's in, it's in prayer that we're connected to the glory of who God is. It's in prayer that we acknowledge and adore and worship who God is and we just uh, realize that and have that mental, not just agreement with it, but orientation towards it, that intentionality that God's glory is worthy of my life. And so we come into contact with the glory of God. And so in prayer, we glorify God for who he is. He is eternally righteous and holy and merciful and grace-filled. He is worthy of all glory. But when we acknowledge that in prayer, in adoration, then we are linked to the glory of God. That's why in prayer we agree and glorify God for what he has done for us in the past. And it's not just 
the, the, the great ways in which you know God worked out a problem and got you out of a fix and those kinds of things. It is that God sent his only begotten son to die in our place, that by his shed blood our sins would be taken away. God has done this for us. And when in prayer we confess and we agree that we are sinners before God, but we are saved by grace, and we just sing about the majesty and the wonder of who God is, we are confessing the glory of what God has done for us in the past. It's in prayer that we are connected to the glory of God for what he has given to us. Look, everything that exists is because of God. You and I aren't smart enough to figure this out. God did. And so he is worthy of all praise and to receive glory in our prayers. That's why we thank him in our prayer. When you thank God for something in prayer, you are being linked up to the glory of God who gives us every good and perfect gift. And it's in prayer that we are linked up to the glory of what God will do in the future. And that's why we pray for things that we need and things that we want to see. That's why we pray for the sick. I, I believe in praying for the sick. I've just seen too many people healed, and the doctors are scratching their heads, and we're not scratching our heads because we know who healed them. And even when the doctors think they healed them, we're giving glory to God because we know who designed the body that certain procedures and certain medications would be, bring healing. So we give God all the glory for healing. I believe in, in praying for healing. I believe in praying to God for guidance and for deliverance and all those things. Look, whatever's on your heart, pray it honestly and with integrity. What, you're going to fool God? You know, you're going to come before God and say, well, God, it really doesn't matter what happens to me. No, let's be honest. God, it matters a lot what happens to me. And here's, here's the fear that I have, and here's the anxiety I have, and here's the hope that I have. And so we're praying to God in supplication and intercession and looking for what God will do in the future so that his will would be done and he would cause all things to work together for good to those who love him and call, are called according to his purpose. So the beauty of prayer is it links us to the glory of God and the glory of who God is, the glory of what God is doing, the glory of what he's given, the glory glory of what he is going to do. And that's the beauty of prayer. It links us and connects us to the glory of God at work around us. Now, I want to tell you, I don't think I got that message when I was growing up. I'm not going to say it wasn't taught, because I've been in church work long enough to know that a lot of times you teach something and what people get out of it isn't the same thing that you thought you were teaching. I mean, I understand that. So I'm not going to say I was taught this, but I think in my, in my childish upbringing and, and, and going through the, 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 the church um, sort of program and ministry, I picked up a, a different understanding of prayer. For some reason, I got the idea that prayer was about being not good enough, I, I got that one, but faithful enough that God would answer my prayer, that I would have enough faith so God would do what I asked him to do. And if things didn't work out the way I wanted to the, them to work out, first thing that comes to my mind, I don't have enough faith. Never mind the scripture where Jesus said, you know how much faith you need to move a mountain? You know how much? Mustard seed, microscopic, you need an electron microscope to see it. That's the size of faith. 
that will move a mountain because it's not your faith or my faith that moves the mountain. It is God's power that moves the mountain. Faith is simply letting, letting go and letting God do what God, God pleases to do in that regard. But I grew up thinking, no, I've got to have faith. And so you start doing things like trying to have faith. What is, what is faith? Faith is believing things. I, I'm, I'm unsure. I have doubts. No, 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 no. Can't say that. Don't have doubts. I believe. I believe. Click your heels. I believe, you know. Clap your hands. I believe. That's Tinkerbell theology. And so if I just have enough faith, then when I go to this prayer thing, I was trying to think of examples for this, you know, try to visualize it. I'm sorry. All I could think of was, was gambling. You know, but I have enough faith, and so I come up to this slot machine, and, and I take a faith coin, I put it in, I pull God's arm down, and it comes up, and this little rolly thing goes around, and, and maybe I'll get lucky with my prayer. You know, I knew a lady who said that once. She was giving a beautiful testimony. She was talking about the wonder of prayer in her life, and she says, yeah, I've always been lucky with my prayers. I tried to figure out the theology of that, but, but, but anyway, some of us have this, you know. But the idea is, you know, I've got this prayer thing, and it's, it's a coin, and so I get to keep playing the slot machine. The more faith I have, the more times I get to pull the little arm, and maybe I'll get lucky, maybe I'll get my prayer answered. You know, or, or, or prayer is sort of like a roll of the dice. I, just, I, I roll the dice, and for, if I have enough faith, I get to roll the dice uh, uh, more and more than, than anybody else. I get to roll it 100 times if I have 100 times your faith. And, and so with a lot of faith, I get to roll the dice. So eventually, it's going to come up Yahtzee. Okay? We're going to get Yahtzee. I know what you were thinking, and shame on you. But, we, but I got this idea that somehow faith was an object that I had to manufacture that I would bring before God and sort of force his hand to answer the prayer that I wanted it to be answered. And what I didn't understand was, uh, if, understand it this way, I thought I had to pray with faith, and I didn't know I was supposed to pray in faith. And if I can make the distinction there, the, the distinction is that uh, when you're praying with faith, you think, I have to gin up enough faith to cash in on my prayer. I've got to get enough big faith to cash in on my prayer. When you say pray in faith, what I mean by that is I'm simply trusting God as best I can. You know, one of the most beautiful prayers in the New Testament is a lot of beautiful prayers, as you know, in the Bible. Uh, in the New Testament, one of the most beautiful prayers prayed by a man whose son was possessed by an evil spirit. And he came to Jesus, and Jesus said, what's going on here? He says, my son has an evil spirit. It throws him into the fire. It's, it's, it's going to kill him someday. Uh, Jesus, and if, if you can, um, would you heal him? Remember what Jesus said. He looked at the guy and he said, if I can, all things are possible if you believe. Now, you're a dad, you're desperate, your son, evil spirit. If you believe... And so the guy looks at Jesus and he says, Lord, I believe. And then he realizes he can't pull it off. Lord, I believe. Most beautiful prayer. Help thou mine unbelief. Lord, I'm believing as hard as I can, but there's a part of me that I, I, I don't get it. There's a part of me that just falls short. There's a part of me that doesn't know what to say. There's a part of me that, that doesn't understand how it's going to work. Lord, there's a part of me that just can't can't really invest in this right now because I'm, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm confused, I'm, I'm, I've got doubts running over 
Lord, help thou mine unbelief. One of the most honest prayers of integrity you'll ever read. By the way, Jesus healed uh, the boy to demonstrate the power of God when it's linked up to our lives, not with our great faith, but in faith. That is simply faith in Jesus Christ. So we're brought to this point where we start to realize that prayer links us to the glory of God, and it's not because of, of something we're creating and, and, and we're stashing and, 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 and we're making bigger and bigger to impress God, but it's simply because of who God is, and we're linked up to that in prayer. Now, when we look at our passage of Scripture this morning, uh, we find a church that knew how to pray, and yet they just about missed that connection to the glory of God because they, 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 they kind of took their eyes off who was central in the, the matter of, of prayer. They almost didn't get linked up to the glory of God. It almost happened. Let me remind you what happened. Peter was, was, was arrested. He's in prison. And uh, um, uh, Herod has every intention of putting him to death. Uh, during the night, angel comes, shackles fall off, get up, walk out of the prison. This looks pretty impressive, I think, don't you? Pretty impressive. And so Peter explains the mighty working of God. It was a vision. It was a psychological experience. Uh, it's not real. This isn't really going on. I wonder if the angel is, you know, is leading Peter out and saying, oh, Lord, you know, look, Peter, you hear, hear what he's saying, Lord? You know, um, I'll tell you what, Lord, I'll just leave him out here in the cold air and see what he does. <laughs> so the angel leaves him. He's in the street, and uh, he says, you know, I, I guess there's something to this God fellow. You know, there, there's something to God working in a way that I can't understand. I know I will go and tell my friends. Now, he goes to one of the great prayer meetings uh, of, of the Bible. These people have been earnestly praying. By the way, all, while all this is happening to Peter, these folks are praying, praying, praying. What are they praying for? They're praying. I could think of some things, but they're praying for the deliverance of Peter. They're saying things like, oh, Lord, in a mighty and miraculous way, would you deliver our friend Peter? <laughs> which is what was happening at the moment. Lord, in a mighty way, would you lead him out of his bondage? Lord, would you return him to us? You got that? So everything they're praying, God is doing it before they're praying it probably. So God is bringing Peter, and, and, and so Peter comes to the, to, to the door, and, and he comes up to him, and he starts knocking. And they send Rhoda. <laughs> Rhoda. You've known people like Rhoda, haven't you? So Rhoda, Rhoda goes to the door, and she says, who is it? It's, it's, it is I. It is Peter. And she's filled with joy. It's Peter. It's Peter. And she turns and runs. She leaves the door open. You can just Peter, you see Peter going, Rhoda, Stella, Rhoda. You know, what do you mean? <laughs> and so Rhoda runs back, and she runs into the room, and she says, Mary, Phyllis, Lou, Murray. Does anybody get that? Okay, good. We have one historian in the back. So she runs in and she says, guys, you young people ask your parents. 
<laughs> says, guys, Peter's standing at the door. And these folks who have been praying for the deliverance of Peter that he would be returned to them are told that Peter is standing at the door, miraculously delivered and, and returned to them. They turn to her and they say, you have left your senses. You're nuts. You're crazy. Have you, have you ever prayed and God tried to answer the prayer and you wouldn't let him? I mean, seriously, have, have you ever prayed and God sent the answer, knocked on the door, and you refused to open the door for the answer God wanted to give you? Happens to a lot of us. One example, we, we go before God saying, you know, God, my, my finances are in shambles. I don't know where how I'm going to pay the bills, and there's not enough income, and I don't know what's going to happen to the money. Lord, show me the way. Give me a way out, out of this. You know, we're just praying earnestly for uh, what some people call financial deliverance. And so God says, yeah, I got a plan for you. Here's what you do. First, you recognize that everything you own belongs to me. Secondly, you set aside the tithe as an act of obedience and faith in order that the work of the kingdom would be supported and you would have a part of it. Thirdly, you stop spending your funds frivolously on yourself with impulse buying, and you start saving for the future and make sure that you're taking care of your family. Thirdly, you make sure that you're giving alms away so that you know that all that you have is to be used in the service of the work, the ministry, for the glory of God. Here's the plan I have for you. And we turn to God and we say, I don't think so. What's your second plan? You ever do that? See, so, you know, God, how am I going to get through this relationship? How, how, you know, how, how am I going to, you know, heal this breach that I have with, with maybe in the family, with a spouse? You know, how am I, how am I going to heal a, a, a fractured relationship with a child? How, how in, at the workplace, I've, I've, I've got a, a friend that, and, and we're just not seeing eye. Lord, show me how this can be healed. And God says, I've got a plan for that too. Here's what it is. Walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Be willing to die for the sake of that person. Get on your hands and knees and wash their feet. And, and what I want you to do is to just look so much like Jesus that this person stops seeing you and starts seeing him and is impressed with his glory. And if they don't ever respond, you just look so much like Jesus that I'm impressed and see what you're doing. And so here, here's my answer. I want you to be a servant and I want you to sacrifice and I want you to die for the sake of the person that you can't get along with. And we say to God, that's nuts. Do you have another plan? See, a lot of times we talk about God isn't answering my prayer when the fact is we don't want the answer he's already given to us because we've lost sight of the fact that the purpose of prayer wasn't to get some objective plan in, in a little, little book that we could apply to our lives. No, the object of prayer was to connect us to the glory of God so that we would live out manifesting his glory and making it known to the world around us. And that's what praying in faith means. Lord, whatever you say, that's it. That's what I want. That's what I want to do. I want that to be my life. I want to reflect your glory. Well, finally, they figure out that there's somebody knocking at the door. So they go to the door, and they open the door, and there's Peter, and they're amazed. Absolutely amazed. Every time God answers prayer, we're amazed. And then the next time we pray, and he answers prayer, we're amazed. Next time we pray, we don't think, we're amazed. Fine, let's be amazed every time, but understand God does this a lot. But they, they look at Peter, they say, they're, they're amazed. Peter comes in, he does the Jedi things, you know, quite, and, uh, and then he starts, I keep Debbie with me because she laughs at all these things. <laughs> and never once on the way home has she said, you know that Jedi remark just didn't cut it, you know. But anyway, and thank you. 
course, she doesn't really know what a Jedi is, so it's okay. <laughs> anyway, but, but Peter, you know, he, he, he said, you know, quiet, guys, quiet. Let me tell you what God just did. And as he unfolds the power and the working and the grace of God, you know, they're starting to just go nuts. You know, I was in the prison, and, and the angel came in my, my shackles, fellow. Praise God. And the angel led me out of the prison, and the doors opened. Hallelujah. And he led me out into the street and set me free. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then I came to the door, and nobody answered. Huh? <laughs> but God is being glorified, glorified, as the testimony of his grace in answering prayer is given again and again. So what I, I, I really want for us to see in this is that prayer is about being linked up to the glory of God in all things. And it happens not because we have great faith. It simply happens when we pray in faith. So what I'd really like to invite you to do is find about 15 minutes this week. I would say an hour, but that's going to kill you. But 15 minutes I think you can handle. Find 15 minutes and say, in this 15 minutes, I want to intentionally in my prayer, I want to glorify God and just connect to his glory for 15 minutes of prayer. That's it, just once. If you do it once, you'll do it again. But just 15 minutes, find that 15 minutes. And if while you're praying in that time, your mind starts to wander, because it will, you'll start and say, God, I want to glorify you, and I want to thank you for all that you've done for your son, Jesus. I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for the marvelous things you did. Did you see that play the O's pulled off the other night? It was a double play, and it ended the ending, and you know, they're in first place, and that's a miracle in it. Oh, Lord, I don't know. I'm, I'm talking about baseball. Did you know that God is God, of the, is God of baseball? No matter where your mind wanders, God is there. Give him glory for it. God, I give you glory that the O's are in first place. <laughs> I give you even more glory that the Yankees are not. <laughs> but you know, if your mind wanders off to your job, say, evidently, Lord, you wanted me to thank and glorify you for your, your grace and your glory in my, in, in my job situation. Your mind wanders off to a hobby. Wherever your mind wanders, when you realize it, just say, well, you know, Lord, I'm going to give you glory for that. And spend 15 minutes connecting up to the glory of God every place he takes you every place you go. Can you do that? Because I think then you'll come to understand that prayer doesn't mean trying to talk God into something because I have great faith. Prayer is being connected to the glory of God for what he is doing for our good, for his glory in the name of the Son by the power of the Spirit. All right. Let's pray together. And Father, just again and again you impress upon us the the, the, the greatness of your wisdom, the magnitude of your love for us, the way in which you work and, uh, in ways that we could never devise and never understand. And so, Father, I, I pray as we go out of this place, we would be connected up to your glory. And in, in a very conscious and, and intentional way, Father, we would come before your throne and there in prayer be surrendered to you, that your glory would be seen in our lives. Thank you for the gift the privilege, the resource of prayer. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.